On this week's episode of the Grizz Podcast, going to talk to you guys a little bit about college football because I'm pretty hyped up about that right now, and I'm going to tell you why. And then I dig into the topic of listening because we as men suck at listening, and that is extremely detrimental to our relationships. We need to learn to listen better. Remember what God says in the book of James, be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. My brothers, he gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So that's what we're going to dig into for this episode. It's going to be another epic episode of the Grizz Podcast. So here we go. We're here to guide, encourage, and equip you on your journey with Christ. Now, here's your host, the man who once murdered a groundhog with a baseball bat, Jason George. Yes, I did really do that. (laughs) Perhaps we'll talk about that on some other podcast episode. Welcome back, my brothers. Today is Thursday, September 7th. 2023, as usual, coming at you from the hot, humid, low country of South Carolina. I want to start out by saying thank you to all of you guys who have been praying for me. Last episode, I mentioned that I've been having a rough three to four weeks with my Lyme disease, really bad flare-up, just miserable, just even mentally feeling just in a dark place because of it. It gets super frustrating. So I dropped last week's episode, ask you guys to be praying for me. And man, sure enough, crazy, the last four to five days have just been much better. And I'm thankful for that. Um, You know, the Bible says the prayers of a righteous man avail much. And so there's some righteous men out there that have been praying for the Grizz. And it's obvious. I'm thankful for you guys. Um, I've just been doing a lot lately, uh, had a lot on me. Uh, some of it's my fault. I put a lot on me, a lot with my house, like you guys taking care of the yard, taking care of fix it stuff. And then with my ministry, um, meeting with guys one-on-one for coaching, helping them work through all sorts of issues, which I'm happy to do. And then we got our climb teams going on and I'm thankful for those, but it's just been a lot. And then I, took on a a college class. I'm in graduate school right now trying to work at getting my master's degree in pastoral counseling with a specialization in addiction recovery. And so lots of reading and writing and just 
even thinking because once you get done reading before you do the writing, you got to do a lot of thinking. And then when you're writing, that forces you to do more thinking, you go back and you edit. So I had to submit like a 10 page book review this past week, which is where this whole episode is coming from on listening. I'm going to be sharing with you guys what I learned because it's really helpful to me. I know it's going to be helpful to you as well. But I've had a lot on me, man. And one of the things that uh, helps me, you know, a little self-care, come up for some air, take a break. Uh, I just (laughs) need a break from reality is college football, man. I am really excited about college football this season, uh, particularly with two teams. The first one is Virginia Tech. I am hyped up about Virginia Tech, where my man Tucker Holloway is playing football. He's the son of my good buddy Brody Holloway. I've had both of those guys on the Grizz podcast before. They're just solid Christian dudes, tough, hardworking. They love Jesus. They're unashamed about putting it out there um, with their faith. And Tuck had a really good season last year with the Hokies and this past week uh, they were playing Old Dominion and Tuck had a 66 yard return late in the fourth quarter so big shout out to you Tuck man we're just we're excited for you dude we're proud of you with what you're doing um, with the Hokies most of all with being bold about your faith and living it and then just getting after it man on the gridiron so you get the grizzly growl. The other college football team that I'm hyped up about uh, is, you know it, I'm on the primetime train. You know, Deion Sanders. Some guys can't stand him. I happen to be from the other side that actually loves him. I love Deion Sanders as a coach and what he is doing, man. He is at the University of Colorado, so let's go Buffs. They're the Buffaloes. That's like my second favorite animal. Like the Grizzly Bears, my first, but Buffaloes would be my second. But really, American Buffaloes are should be called American Bison, but that would be another episode too for me to get into that. But that's, that's what they should be called. Anyway, Colorado Buffaloes. I ordered a hoodie from Amazon, a Colorado Buffalo football hoodie plan on wearing it this week when I watch them take on Nebraska. But this past week, they are coming off a huge win, as a lot of you guys know, against TCU, Texas Christian University. They went down to Texas, and they took it to them, man. They beat them. And if you remember, TCU was in the national championship last season, and uh, – Basically, you're looking at the number two team in the nation based on last season in Colorado, whose football team has sucked the last few years. I think they won like one game last year. In comes Coach Primetime, revamping the whole program. (laughs) He brings, dude, just some of his players with him. He's like, come on, you coming with me. And his whole thing has been, we coming, we coming. We coming. Well, okay. Um, This past week, they showed they're here. (laughs) And man, they made a statement, dude. I'm pretty sure 
don't quote me on this. Some of you guys listening, you would know better. So you can, you can hit me up, man, shoot me an email, whatever. Uh, I think they broke five school records in this past week's game against TCU and they weren't even playing at home. I don't know what is in store for us with Colorado Buffalo football for this season, but I am excited. I am on the prime time train. Remember he was coaching down at Jackson state. He turned that program completely around and then Colorado said, we want you. And it isn't like this is some established, you know, amazing football program. It's not. They sucked. And here comes Coach Primetime. And I want to play for you guys his motivational hype-up speech to his team right before the game against TCU. I have listened to this like 15 times. And when he gets to the part where he's like, we here. Man, I <laughs> I get goosebumps. I'm I'm ready to charge the field, dude. I'm I'm so ready. So anyway, it's coach prime time. Okay. Oh wait. That that's that's the end of it. Let me start it over. Here we go. Usually God give me a word long before this. But he's been holding it. Because it's not about them. This is about us. This has nothing to do with the team that's opposing us. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the, the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying. It was going to be tough. But you endured because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who wants this thing. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that got to have it today. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. We ain't got next. We got now. We ain't coming no more. So good. <laughs> He's, if you haven't seen this video, you got to watch it. He's getting right up in the middle of them in the locker room. He's dancing with them. They are so hyped. They are ready to do battle. Here we come. All right, all right, all right. So, man, big grizzly growl going out to Coach Primetime and the Colorado Buffs. All right, I'm going to go get a warm-up on my coffee, my brothers, and then we're going to dig into the meat. Let's talk about listening. Why don't we listen better? That's the wrong button. One, 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 one,
get it. Let the rhythm take you, take it cause it makes you. As I turn the knob to the door, you will step through. Going like a knot, don't be a pump. And I let it play cause dreads ain't funky and I Hey little suckers, I know you hear me calling you. But you wanted some, but I see that you're all in two. Frontin' ain't no future in your frontin', so let's get it on like Marvin Gaye. Take the cash and sit it on the hood of your wick whack. Low riding Cadillac. Back up your boys and let's start the battle act. Like, you know, the master ace don't play when it comes to my base. Oh, man. Some good stuff. I'm back. So, with this class that I'm taking on pastoral counseling, had to read a really good book called Why Don't We Listen Better by Dr. James C. Peterson. Ended up writing a book review on it. And I just want to share that with you guys because uh, it's so good. It's really impacted me. I'm thinking through this subject of listening, not just when I think of pastoral counseling, but also in my marriage, with my own kids, with friends, um, as I even interact with people when I've gone places to speak as an itinerant speaker, you know, you're, you're the speaker, but have I really done a good job afterwards when I'm off the stage of truly listening to people? And many times I've not, many times I've not done a good job listening as a husband. Many times I've not done a good job listening as a father and it has caused damage in my relationship with my kids at times. So you don't have to go read Why Don't We Listen Better. I recommend that you do get the book, Why Don't We Listen Better, Dr. James C. Peterson. But I'm going to give you just an overview of it. It'll save you the read and you'll get a lot out of it. Of course, if you want to dig deeper, do it because I, I can't cover a lot of it. So anyway, here it is. Dr. James C. Peterson and his book, Why Don't We Listen Better? He does an excellent job not only explaining why people need to listen better, but also how they can listen better. Dr. Peterson observes that most people are not good listeners, and this causes major conflict in marriages, families, churches, schools, governments, etc. His book seeks to remedy this problem by helping readers learn his 31 listening techniques. With each of these listening techniques, he provides practical examples of how they can be used in a real life scenario with a spouse, child, friend, employee, etc. These listening techniques help people improve communication and cultivate healthier relationships. He shows that much quote unquote unnecessary confusion and pain can be avoided if people would become better listeners. One of the most fascinating takeaways from part one of his book is learning about what he calls flat brain syndrome. Flat brain syndrome. Flat brain syndrome occurs when a person is so overloaded with emotions that it causes his or her mental processing to become off balance. Their mental system goes out of whack to the point that he or she cannot hear well, see accurately, think straight, or act sensibly. Flat brain syndrome is the reason why so many people say crazy things in a moment of anger that they wouldn't normally say when they feel safe and calm. <laughs> Anybody relate? It's interesting 
that flat brain syndrome can also be triggered by an overload of positive emotions, such as falling in love. Flat brain syndrome goes to a whole new level when both sides of a conversation are experiencing it, such as a husband and wife in an argument. Dude, been there. When both of them have flat brain syndrome, oh man, it's a problem. Peterson describes these emotionally overloaded verbal exchanges as the flat brain tango. It produces a situation where no one is really listening because they're too busy defending, accusing, attacking, labeling, and judging each other. Peterson points out that the flat brain tango often occurs because people care more about being victors in a disagreement than being friends. Man, that's so good. The tango, the flat brain tango, continues because both sides value winning an argument over treating the other with respect. I mean, has anybody else been there? Let me say that again, that last sentence. The flat brain tango continues because both sides value winning an argument over treating the other with respect. In many ways, man, that is our society right now. Thankfully, in part two of his book, Peterson reveals how to avoid the flat brain tango by utilizing his quote unquote talker listener card, the talker listener card. I have it right here on my desk right now. I've been using it. The talker listener card is literally the size of a folded business card. One side of it explains the role of the talker and the other side of the card explains the role of the listener. There are specific rules for both the talker and the listener to ensure that proper communication is accomplished. The talker listener card can be used between husband and wife, parent and child, employer and employee, counselor and counselee, whatever. The TLC process, talker listener card process, goes like this. One person talks, the other listens. When both the talker and listener finish, the card is reversed. Then the person who listened first talks, and the one who talks first listens. <laughs> it sounds simple. Even though it does sound simple, Peterson says the method takes practice because people naturally want to talk more than they want to listen. In the third part of Peterson's book, he describes what's called, uh, quote-unquote, more advanced and specialized listening skills. These help the listener navigate through extremely awkward and uncomfortable situations. Some examples would be how to listen when a talker suddenly breaks down in tears. How many of you have been in that situation? You're just talking to someone and all of a sudden they're just so overwhelmed with something you're talking about. They, they just lose it. And a lot of us, we don't know what to do right then and there. And what do we do? Instead of listening we're so uncomfortable, we just start talking. So he talks about that. And uh, he also talks about how to listen to a person who is overwhelmed with grief because of the death of a loved one. Many of us, we don't know how to handle that situation either. Uh, most people want to avoid these sorts of awkward and uncomfortable situations because uh, they just aren't sure how to respond. Uh, they may even use the excuse I'm not a trained professional. And Peterson encourages regular people, just like you and I, to step into these awkward and uncomfortable situations and become a much needed listener 
who can help bring peace, healing, and hope to hurting people. So one of the big takeaways here is just, man, I see that this lack of truly listening to people really is detrimental to society as a whole. It erodes relationships within marriages, families, churches, schools, businesses, even governments. Like if you don't have the ability to really listen, there's a complete breakdown. Things fall apart. And then when both sides, you know, refuse to listen, well, you guys see it. You see what's happening. Uh, People, human beings, have a deep need to be listened to. Toward the conclusion of Peterson's book, he points out that his favorite psychiatrist taught him that listening is an act of love. Listening is an act of love. And I wholeheartedly agree. To listen to another human being in a caring way is godlike. It is exactly what God has been doing since the creation of humanity. He's always fully attentive and listening to the prayers of his people. This is the truth of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, where it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. If God is a listener, then his people should be listeners. Peterson's book helped me see that one of the most powerful ministries within a church, family, or friendship is simply shutting up and listening to people in a caring way. Peterson helped me understand that I don't have to always be right or win the argument because sometimes the win is simply listening, learning, and caring for the person who is talking. Let me say that again. I don't have to always be right or win the argument because sometimes the win is simply listening, learning, and caring for the person who is talking. I wish I would have learned this lesson 30 years ago when I was starting out in ministry. People desperately need to learn to listen better. Listening cultivates healthy relationships, and that will bring healing and growth to both the talker and the listener. I have served as a pastor, teacher, and evangelist for over 25 years now, and I confess that Peterson's book is a much-needed punch in the face I keep meditating upon the truth of what I, um, of what he learned actually, from his favorite psychiatrist when his psychi- favorite psychiatrist said listening is an act of love. I keep meditating on that. I am deeply convicted by that. Many times throughout my ministry, uh, I wasn't very loving because I didn't take enough time to truly listen to people especially those who held to different views than mine. I've often been more concerned about proving my point and winning an argument than taking time to listen, understand, and care for the person who is talking. I was many times good at uh, winning arguments, and many within the church applauded my aggressive style of dropping truth bombs on the opposition. Thankfully, 
Over the past 10 years, God has been doing some deep transformation within my heart, and I've been forced to humble myself and change my evangelism approach with certain people, including my oldest daughter. Throughout her life, we've had many deep conversations about God, the gospel, the Bible, heaven, hell, etc., Unfortunately, with some of those deep conversations, I developed what Peterson calls flat brain syndrome. I allowed myself to become overwhelmed with negative emotions like fear, anger, sadness. This was because my own daughter was rejecting the Christ that I had helped countless others come to follow. I see now that I was more concerned with proving my points and trying to win the argument with her rather than lovingly listening to her to understand her so that we could find some common ground in a mutual search for truth. It ended up pushing her further away, not only from God, but also me. I remember after one of our heated arguments, my wife said to me, look at the way you're coming across to your daughter. Do you really think she wants what you have? If you were speaking at a camp to students, you would never come across so defensive, heated, arrogant, and judgmental. Ouch. I didn't like it, but she was right. Doug Ranlett, one of my old youth professors from Liberty University, would often say, students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. This is the exact same thing that Peterson is getting at with his book. Listening is one of the most loving things I can do for a person. And it often paves the way for me to share the life-changing truth of the gospel with them. With my own daughter, I've been working to improve our relationship by listening better. I don't need to be right or win. Peterson floored me when he said, My experience tells me that we improve our relationships primarily through effective and respectful listening. It sounds so simple, but I've struggled with it. Over the last few years, my daughter has looked at me funny as I've begun to respectfully listen to her and try to truly understand where she's coming from. One time she even said, Who are you? What have you done with my father? It stung a little bit but also let me know that this process can work. In one of our last conversations about God, I used one of Peterson's listening techniques known as parathinking, but I didn't know I was using it because I had not yet read his book. My daughter said, and I'm paraphrasing, what kind of God commands his army to slaughter thousands of people in the Old Testament, but then in the New Testament tells his followers to love their enemies? That makes no sense. How can you believe in a God like that? Isn't that hypocritical of him? I responded by putting her thoughts into my own language, which is what Peterson called parathinking. I calmly questioned, so you think God is a hypocrite because it seems that he tells his followers to do something that he hasn't always done himself. Am I hearing you correctly? This type of response was way better than what I've done in the past. In the past, I probably would have said something like this. 
Well, he's God and you're not. And he can do whatever he wants because he's omniscient and he knows what's best. Who do you think you are to question the God of the universe? You're so arrogant. Drives me nuts. I am slowly learning a much better way to listen and respond to my oldest daughter. An aha moment occurred for me in chapter eight of the book where Peterson encourages us to listen first and talk second. Listen first and talk second. He says this because he knows, quote unquote, our best chance to be heard is to listen until others trust us and feel safe. I need to do better at listening first and talking second, not only with my family, but also with my ministry. I serve as a recovery group leader for Christian men who struggle with pornography and other unwanted sexual behaviors. As the group leader, I'm eager to teach Christian men how they can overcome their sinful addictions. I want them to experience the freedom, peace, joy, and purpose that Christ has brought to my life. To do this, I need to listen first and talk second. Peterson's book has helped me realize that I need to do, a, to do better at listening so that I can understand their unique background, environment, thought patterns, and habits. Only then will I be able to help them develop an effective biblical recovery plan that fits their life. And then I had to kind of think through uh, with this assignment for the book review, the me I want to see soon, the me that I want to see soon. And so I wrote, the me that I want to see soon needs to develop what Peterson calls, quote unquote, teeth marks in the tongue. He says, that's the sign of a good listener. When I'm tempted to talk first instead of listening, I need to bite my tongue. As I become a better listener, I will become a better man, better husband, better father, a better counselor, better leader. Recently at one of our recovery group meetings, uh, one of the guys confessed that he was texting with the woman that he had an affair with. He tried to justify it by saying, you know, we're just checking on each other. It's innocent. Nothing sexual has been talked about. When I heard that, I was livid. For months, I had been helping him through the process of repentance and restoration with his wife, his teenage son, and real progress was being made. When he dropped the news about texting with the woman, it was like I totally went flat-brained, flat-brained syndrome. I feel like I verbally lashed out a little. What the heck are you thinking, man? Are you serious? This is going to sink everything that we've been working to rebuild with your wife and kid. As soon as they find out, it's going to completely rip the scab off the wound. I know that there was frustration and anger in my voice. Looking back, I see that a better response would have been to calmly ask some questions, some deep questions, such as, 
help me understand how texting with that woman is going to help your already rocky relationship with your wife and son. Also, help me understand what you were gaining by texting with her. Also, what exactly did that do for you? I need to understand you. After reading Peterson's book, I believe that would have been a much better response that would help him see the problem and work towards solving it. In future recovery group meetings, I also need to follow Peterson's quote-unquote talker-listener card, where it instructs the listener, me, to keep calm enough to hear, to provide safety, to understand, to clarify. I don't have to agree, disagree, advise, defend. Just listen. Keep calm and listen. Provide safety, understand, clarify. After I do all of that, I can become the talker who offers loving biblical counsel that will help move the guys towards solutions. So the last part of the review is I had to talk about them becoming the man or the me I want to become. I wrote this. I have a desire to become more like Christ and help others do the same. I believe Peterson's listening techniques are an incredible tool to help me move closer towards the goal. The first thing I'm going to do is frequently review his book and work at practicing his various listening techniques. The second thing I'm going to do is keep his talker listener card with me. on my desk, in my journal, my Bible, begin to even use it with my wife and my children to help improve our relationship. It's going to be awkward at first, and I anticipate receiving some funny looks as I experiment with it, but that's okay. It'll be worth it to see our relationship grow over time. The third thing I'm going to do is use some of the conversation questions that Peterson suggests in chapter nine of his book, such as, what places have been most meaningful to you? And what way? What people have most touched your life? And what way? What books, movies, ideas, or events have moved you? What would you like to be remembered for after you're gone? The goal of these questions is to spark some meaningful conversation that will help me better understand my wife and children. And then I just listen and learn. The fourth thing I'm going to do is use these same conversation questions in my men's recovery groups. I believe they will be excellent discussion starters that will help all of us in the group get to know each other better. This makes me think of Proverbs 27, 23, where God says, Know the state of your flocks and give attention to your herds. That verse is saying, If I don't truly listen to those under my care, my quote-unquote flock, then I'll never truly know them. And if I don't truly know them, then I can't shepherd them properly. A good shepherd must know exactly who his sheep are and where they are. Only then can he lead them to where they need to be. The last thing that comes to my mind regarding the me that I want to become is Peterson's listening technique number eight, where he says, play detective, play detective. It really resonated with me as I think about becoming a certified pastoral counselor. This specific technique affirms something that I had already become aware of through my experience with leading men's recovery groups. It has to do with the importance of investigative questioning and listening. 
to understand the counselee's past and present situation. Detailed notes should be taken by the pastoral counselor as the counselee answers these investigative questions. This will help the pastoral counselor work with the counselee to better understand the counselee's problem and find healthy solutions. So that's my book review of why don't we listen better uh, or listen. I think it's just, yeah, it's why don't we listen better. Sorry, <laughs> got the name of it wrong. Uh, I do highly recommend it, guys. I will put a link to it in the show notes and appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this episode of the Greatest Podcast. As always, I encourage you guys, honor God and live manly. I'm out.